All right. Considering how many shows we had. Uh, all right. Uh, all right. Let me yep. shake this out. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, that's as good an intro as any. Oh, God, you're not going to use his little tic-tac-y thing. Oh, yeah. Oh, the <laughs> rattle. Every week, every week. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Pajiba, the Pajiba Television Podcast. I'm Pajiba comedy editor Dan Hamamura. With me, as always, are Pajiba TV editor Tori Preston. Hello, Dan. Hello, Tori. And Super Fudge Dustin Rolls. What? You're welcome. I, I'm reading uh, Super Fudge to my uh, uh, to the twins right now, and um, <laughs> for some reason, and I don't know, it cracks me up, and and they think it's hilarious, but. For whatever reason, Super Fudge, who is a kindergartner in this book, uh, I read him like a uh, 90-year-old Jersey grandmother. It's like, I got a mind up bird. What are you doing? <laughs> and I read everybody else completely normal. And then Super Fudge it's talks like, Super like Fudge this. is being played by Harvey Firestein. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just laugh and laugh. And I'm like... It's a. It's not a short book, and I'm like 175 pages into this, and my voice is just. I'm losing it. You're committed, right. though. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, you can't back out now. No. And isn't it a series? Yes. So you've got more books. <laughs> yes, I suppose so. <laughs> I feel like you both won and lost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the way they giggle, I can't. I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can't. That makes sense. Uh, well, what are you drinking to uh, to salve Soothe your, my throat? Soothe your throat, yes. You know, after last week, I thought, you know what? I'm just going to get something new this week. So we have something new to talk about. And so I got my new favorite <laughs> beer uh, is Austin Street Pale Ale. It's Austin Street, and yet it's also local to Portland. It is so good. It's so very good. So, so it's not Allagash. No. Wow. We have many, many wonderful craft breweries in our lovely state. As I you know. do. Ooh, yes, I know. But I, I just, I'm surprised because I thought you were really kind of like a, an Allagash man. But if you're uh, saying you've got a new favorite. Yeah, I kind of do. <sighs> it's I mean, really good. Are they owned by Allagash? Yeah, no. a subsidiary Allagash. of? Yeah. No. <laughs> hmm. Maybe a disgruntled brewer left and started his oh. own. It's like Magnolia Cupcakes. Yeah, it's like the uh, the the lesser Allagash brother left and like started his own <laughs> company, but he couldn't take the name. So Balagash. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Do you guys know the story about Hydrox? I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I mean, I know candy? it's yeah. the other. It's the other uh, Oreo. I know, but they were brothers. Oh, I did not know that. And the Oreo guy fucked over the Hydrox guy when like they came up with this company by them uh, together and uh, it was Hydrox I think it was first and they came mm-hmm. up with the company and and then the brother had, got sick and had to go to the hospital and then the other guy started a competing Oreo company and then Oreo took off while he was in the hospital and um, when they when he came back out uh, Hydrox wasn't doing very well but 
they had cornered the market on um, Passover cookies because they were um, kosher. Oh. So Oreo made a kosher cookie and they obliterated Hydrox just to be an asshole. So I mean, but to be eat. fair, Hydrox is a terrible name for a cookie. It sounds <laughs> like a, an, an antacid or something. Like something. It sounds that, like a cleaning product. Right. Like uh, sure. The other brother, Oreo guy, was smart. Like he just recognized mm. what the market was looking for. Yeah. The but same he didn't cookie, cut his but brother with a in. Name. He just cut his brother out while he was sick. So we don't eat Oreos in my house. Also, this is a true fact. You, have you ever had all the, like the Lady Gaga cookie? No. Or any of the other cookies? No. Besides the no. original? They're terrible. And you know why they're terrible? Why? Because they make you want to buy the original. You eat the Lady Gaga and you go, I just really want an Oreo. So you fucking go buy an Oreo after you buy the Lady Gaga. It's Are brilliant. You- uh, but, but shitty. We bought some Chips Ahoy for the first time in a long time. I was just desperate for cookies, and that was all the, the like, drugstore had. Um, and really the, soft, right? No, not the soft one. No, because they oh. have the crunchy, or then the, the red package is the chewy ones. They're, they're types of, but, like, the, the classic crunchy blue container Chips Ahoy. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not great, but they're, no. like... They're, they're like the size of them is perfect for like, they're almost like potato chips. Like you just put one in your mouth <laughs> and you're like, okay, that was fine. And then you put another one in your mouth and then you've eaten like a whole sleeve of them. <laughs> it's not, um, it, it, I've got problems. I had a weird craving yesterday for the, uh, the powdered donuts, the little hostess ones. And I was like, oh. my, fam- my family's never had them. I'm like, you've got to try these. They're amazing. And I made them all try them. And they're like, these aren't very good. <laughs> Oh, and you know what? They weren't very good. Yeah, yeah. I kind of wonder about that. Like, is it like do kids these days understand like devil dogs or you know? My kids don't know because like they were never very good, but it was so exciting to get them, and they were like too dry, and you you could barely swallow it because it just like dehydrated your tongue as you were trying to chew it. But it was still just like, (laughs) oh, it's just cakey chocolate. (laughs) (sighs) Or what were those things? Snowballs? Oh, those are disgusting. They're horrible. Uh, Like who thought that was a good idea? Yeah. Poor kid. yeah, kids have they're they we've gotta start kids feeding our kids. Spoiled. Yeah, we gotta start feeding them garbage again so they can exactly. appreciate you're not supposed to get the good sweets until you're old enough to have discerning taste. Yeah, when you're little it doesn't matter because you no. you can't tell the difference. You can't tell the difference. It's got little Debbie on the pack, it's fine. Yeah, <laughs> those fake nuts and the brownies, oh so good. Although those that does ter- remind no, me scrape uh, those off. <laughs> 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 that does remind me of like um, uh, and a, a, a friend of mine who is much more successful and like her her kids like their favorite pizza place is like a super fan like it's from like a fancy Italian place. It's like this is the best pizza. It's like yeah, you're no right. Kidding. But also you're like nine. <laughs> you shouldn't know that this is the best pizza. Yet. <laughs> um, yeah, you should be happy about DiGiorno. Yeah, um, but anyway, uh, Tori, what are you drinking? Oh, I'm drinking some... I still had, like, a half a bottle of that red wine, so I I'm mixed it with some seltzer. I made a spritz. Oh, okay. Is that a yeah. spritz, is wine and seltzer? 
A spritz is whatever I say it is, Dan. Fair enough. Now, why is it that, that that one time that I mixed something with something, it was like, that's wrong? Um, I, you'll have to be more specific. But... I don't know. There was one point where I mixed some kind of... Uh... Oh, no, because you didn't do it with seltzer. You did it with, like, club yeah. soda <laughs> or, like, tonic. Oh, yeah, and that's that's not the same thing? No. Oh. And then you were like, why is this awful? And it was like, well... Yeah, yeah. It was not good. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, so why are you blaming us? You were the I'm one not, that wasn't happy just, with your spritz. Well, now, now, that, now that new flat, new facts have come to light, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I retract my statement. Revisionist history. Yes. Mm. Um, I'm drinking the last of my uh, Sapporo Pure, which has been... It's fine, because it's light beer, so, you know, it doesn't... It can't lose the taste it didn't have, um, but no, it's good. It's like I, I got I got stuff to do, so I can't uh, I can't get you know I can't reach into the uh, the whiskey cabinet tonight. Oh, he's got more important things than us. After. Not more important <laughs> things. I just have additional things. Your your whiskey cabinet's so lonely. The whiskey cabinet will be just fine. Um, <laughs> uh, we have many shows to get to okay. before we do. Uh, Tori has some breaking news that it is very <gasps> important for all of you to hear. So, oh, Tori, my God. Take it away. Oh, my God, you guys. Um, let me tell you the most important news you're going to hear, like, for a while. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> DuckTales is oh my God. season three <laughs> is <laughs> finally being added to Disney+. Plus. So now you can finally watch all of DuckTales, including what I imagine is a thrilling series finale. Um, I'm very excited. And this uh, has removed a serious thorn in my side. Longtime <laughs> listeners will know that I've been complaining about the lack of uh, availability of current DuckTales on the platform Disney Plus that I pay for. Um, and so I'm glad this has been rectified and I'll have to find something new to complain about. But, uh, in the meantime, I'm really excited to see how that show wrapped up. So that has been my breaking news. And how many episodes of DuckTales are there in total now? Don't quiz me, Dan. No, I'm just curious. I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can give me a ballpark. Uh, I, there's gotta be like 60 or something, right? It's not like 20 episodes a season ish. Okay. That's a lot. Maybe less. I don't know. There was a lot. But it also aired in weird chunks. Mm. So I'd always feel like a season had ended, and then it was like, no, that was only the first eight episodes, and there's another 12 coming or something. Oh, so, I see. They would, like, split up the season. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's a little hard to keep track. And then when they first added it to Disney+, Plus, I actually don't know if they ever fixed it, but I think, like, the entire first season was out of order. So oh, people would that's have right. to, I remember that. Yeah, you'd have to post, like, you had to, like, follow, find the correct episode order because mm-hmm. the, yeah, Disney Plus didn't play it in order. That's like the, um, uh, what's it called? Happy Endings is still out of order on Hulu, uh, the first season. Which you'd think, um, like, wouldn't, at some point, they just go in so. and fix it? <laughs> well, I guess the problem is that it's in the correct order that it aired, like, on TV. Right. But that order was wrong because they did the thing where they're going to move up episodes that they think are stronger to, like, you know, save the show, even though the plot plot wise, it doesn't make any sense. Right. So, um, so there's I just less wanna... Dave in the early episodes. No, it's just like 
they're like they don't like they're 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 like just broken up and then like the next episode it's been like three months and then the next episode it's like oh they're just broken up again and then <laughs> and then it's like this feels like a season finale and it's like oh no and then this is clearly like a middle episode i don't know it didn't uh it's it was it was uh it was weird but we got three seasons and that was magical and they why did they not give it a fourth that's crazy um anyway uh speaking of shows on the air um <laughs> that have not yet been renewed uh it's time for Tori's kung fu corner it's all of our kung fu corner Dan. well you really guys is. are the ones who talk about it and i just kind of listen uh, yeah, you really should get up to speed on it. I feel I mean, like you'd really like it. Yeah, it seems I like think I would like into. it also. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, Tori, please, uh, episode three of Kung Fu. Okay. Let us know. So uh, this episode was really fun because it, it the show has still kind of got the balance where, and I'm impressed with how well it's keeping everything going. Where it's there, we're getting more of the kind of overarching mystery with Zalon and the sword, and she kidnapped this professor, and so we get to see her in action, like using like thumb torture on this guy to like get you know news about like, details about other um, the other like mystical weapons and stuff like that. Um, but you also get to see Nikki continuing to make amends with her family and get involved, like still kind of doing the research. Um, mm-hmm. Into the into Zalon and, and the mystery, and she now knows that uh, Zalon and the her her like master were sisters. So right. she's like very disturbed. Um, but then there's also the kind of like just local street level like crime that she gets involved in, and so and it's 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 always nice because she's not like a vigilante. She's just kind of like, it's more, it's very much more social justice. Mm -hmm. And so in this case, it was, uh, the, the kind of case of the week was a woman who was, uh, being poisoned for trying to start a union at a a clothing factory. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the, the two main things I think to know about this episode are one, it starts right off with a fight, a training fight between Nikki and Henry. Um, so that was very attractive. Um, also, the big like fight sequence, uh, Nikki punches through a door. Mm-hmm. That was cool. It was a, Actually, that was a really, I thought the fight choreography in that scene was very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so, and this was like, you guys will have to help me. Um, the end credits. Uh, there was a name that popped up yeah, and I'm, weird. it was, it was really like, I can't quite remember it, but it looked really familiar. It was something like, it was Heart like the, stopped a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't quite place it. It was Ooh. something like, what was it? Like Ham Danamira yeah. or something like that. Yeah, it was I, like I the know. third you know, name. I, I gotta be honest. I never watched the, uh, the credits. No. You never watched credits. Oh, we'll no. have to, well, we'll try to figure it out next week, but, um, just keep an eye on it because if you guys, you know, I feel like we know this person. Watching it, just yeah, pop up, yeah, yeah. So they, I'm not saying the credits are the best part of the show, but nobody, nobody has time for credits. It's uh, you know, <laughs> it's it's squished down in like the bottom third of the screen while they're playing the promo for next week. You know, so how do you? How no, do you not when it? you're watching it on CWTV. Well, that's why no. you have to watch it like a uh, like a true old person with uh, with your cable box at home. Mm. The uh, problem is the credits, they won't let you rewind. So if you want to rewatch it, you have to watch the commercials all over again. Yeah, if you ever tried to drag it back, it like reloads yeah. commercials. That's very <laughs> weird. And, and if you uh, want to like screenshot it, oh my God. 
took like 15 minutes. I, I do have actually one question, uh, one mm-hmm. real question um, for both of you. Uh, so there was a, um, it's my understanding that there is a storyline in this episode <laughs> about a refrigerator. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I was curious how you felt about the way that that storyline resolved. Oh, with the mom? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was really sweet. Yeah. It's got a heart. I thought that yeah. I mean, I think that I think that there it's hard because there's only so much time in every episode and I think right. that the the so far I'm really into the building blocks of both the the relationships of both parents. Um in the episodes and what I like is that you kind of have they've set up the father as being like just so like no matter what he's his arms are open like he just wants to move forward and i think that there was this um there you know it it it, up until this point it seemed like the mom was like really bitter and so the question that he poses to her is like why are you there's like this this refrigerator that's like 22 years old and the door was hanging off and she's willing to spend all this money that they don't have to get it repaired Mm -hmm. and so the father kind of confronts her and is like you know why would you invest all this time in this thing Mm-hmm. rather than, you know, trying to repair things with your own daughter. Right. And it's such a beautiful moment, and you're just like, yes, why, woman, why? And then he, like, walks off, <laughs> and she's crying. And uh, wh- how did she put it, Dan? Uh, I think she says it's not a thing. Yeah. As she's putting up photos of her kids. Yes. That's, that's what you heard? That's, that's what <laughs> that's you heard happened? Heard. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think that, you know, it's, I like that these, the, she's, you're getting glimpses of the softness and her priorities, but it's in ways where none of the other characters see it. Um, right. So it's, it's nice. Like as an, the audience is being able to like kind of start to embrace her, even though, you know, like this isn't going to. The, the challenges in terms of the family dynamic are not going to go away anytime soon. Right. Oh. We got we got some friction this week between Henry and Derek. I don't remember Derek's his name, but he looks like a Derek. Evan, I believe. Evan, yeah. <laughs> Evan, you've heard, yeah. Derek to me. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a, yeah, he's kind of got Derek energy. Yeah. A little bit. Or like a Trevor. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, or like, or honestly, like a Chad. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh... Yeah, there is a well, like a little, little bit of light jealousy, but nothing that's yeah. a little too, it, nothing too toxic. It's just very. I've known light. her since we were young. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to ask him about his suit. Like, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> um, oh, also, Althea has a secret, and it's it's probably gonna. It seems like it's gonna be really sad. Mm-hmm. Um, she's keeping some stuff from her family. And we got to meet um, the brother's boyfriend, Ryan's boyfriend. That's true. We did We did uh, get to meet his boyfriend, Joe, is what I hear. Is what you hear. So, yeah. again, so much happens every episode, but it's all very well balanced. You get, like, movement in all quadrants. All right. And also um, thumb torture. Right. So you get, you get a little bit of everything. Yes. And you can only get that in Kung Fu Corner and also on the show Kung Fu on the CW. On the CW app as well. Wednesdays at 8 on the app the next day is what I hear. Uh, From a show about... uh, I don't have a transition. 
Um, we're gonna just get to the, the the main the main meat of the of the show this week. Um, starting off with Rutherford Falls, oh, which premiered on Peacock last week. Uh, this is the new comedy um, created by Mike Shore, uh, Ed Helms, and Sierra Teller or uh, hope I'm getting her name right. Sierra Teller Ornelas, uh, and it is a uh, sitcom set in a small town called Rutherford Falls. Uh, the uh, main character is Ed Helms, who plays Nathan Rutherford. He's a descendant of the Rutherfords who founded the town, um, and. Uh, he, he's joined by uh, Jana Schmeeding, Michael Grayeyes, Jesse Lay, Dustin Milligan, um, and it's it 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 becomes this this story that's fundamentally about how you preserve history, and it's um, the the clash is between kind of in a lot of ways between Ed Helms and uh, Nathan Rutherford and uh, Jana Schmeeding, who plays his best friend, a woman named Regan Wells who is uh, Native American, and it's kind of the way that, you know, he wants his, he's worried about the way that his history is being portrayed and, like, kind of preserving the, uh, you know, folksy, clean, cleaned-up uh, image of, uh, of you know, his, the Rutherford family. And meanwhile, uh, Regan is trying to, um, you know, like, she has a, uh, a museum uh, that's in, like, the little corner of the casino, and she's trying to expand it, and she wants to, you know, she's trying to preserve her own history. And um, even though they're best friends and they love each other, uh, they're, you know, they come to odds because it turns out the histories clash in a lot of ways, as you would yeah. expect. Um, and Tori, I know you haven't seen it. Dustin, uh, I think you, you said you watched half or so. Um, Six episodes or ten. Okay. Um, ten episodes, and... Uh, uh, for me, the the standouts were really uh, uh, Janish Meeting and uh, Michael Grayeyes, who plays. Uh, he's his character's named Terry Thomas. He's kind of the the head. He's kind of like the head of the casino. So he's kind of the he's the business head as far as kind of what the the native tribe is is doing, and they have you know plans for the town and what they want to do, and it's uh, it was really interesting because he's present because you know, the show is still Ed Helms' show and he's the lead. Um, There's a character who in, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago would have been just the, I don't want to say villain, but antagonist at least um, yeah. because he's the most diametrically opposed to, uh, to Ed Helms. But uh, smartly, you know, and with, you know, with a Sierra Teller Ornelas is native. Uh, I think half the writing staff or so was uh was native american um and so you know it's 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 really cool because it's just as much their story as it is uh ed helms is you know the white guy's story basically um, yeah and so even though they're at odds even though he is in a traditional narrative sense the primary antagonist uh you know you get why he's doing what he's doing um and and his performance is great. So it's like you're really on his side for most of it, <laughs> which is pretty great. So they come off that. sort of as challenges, but not necessarily with like a. I mean, I guess there is a value judgment more or less against 
Ed Helms's side sometimes, perhaps. Yeah, but yeah, and, I, and so. I don't like Ed Helms, but I think he's well cast here as sort of like an oblivious guy that you're not rooting against, but you're not really rooting for him either. Right, and and I, I you do want think him that... to come around to understand the other side. Right, right. and and I I do think that uh, I mean it's I would assume this is the case because he you know he co-created the show, but. It's. I think that that's a that's a role that Ed Helms is very suited for, mm-hmm. and I think he. I think he. My guess is that he understood that going in, which is why, you know, he he is kind of perfectly suited to be this kind of guy who is, um, you know, ultimately well-meaning, but you know, enough of a doofus that you can uh, that you don't mind rooting against him when he's clearly wrong. Um, right. Or, but you also don't hold, like, you know that he's wrong, but you don't sit there and, like, you're not necessarily going to cancel him. Right, right. Like, there's right, something, right. there's a, he has a particular quality where you're kind of like, of course you're wrong. You just, right. just, you'll figure it out. Like, come on, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and he does, and he, he is coming around. Right. To it. And when other people say racist things, he's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. <laughs> right. They do, they do, uh, take special care to uh to paint him definitely let, let like you know on the uh on the gradient of you know the shitty racist guy to kind of clueless guy like you know he's definitely in the middle he's not you know like they uh paul f tompkins plays a character who is you know cartoonishly uh <laughs> car- cartoonishly uh racist so oh. <laughs> oh. There's um, um, the episode I just watched, uh, and it's my favorite. It's the, um, they have like a science project. Is that what it was? Oh, they, yeah, they, yeah. The science. Well, it was, I think it was the, half the kids were doing like, it was like a history thing, right? Yes. Or the upper, the upperclassmen were, were history, I think. Um, but they yeah, were trying yeah. to like select a winner and they were, you know, there was like a white kid who had this really good presentation on the Minashanka tribe, but he's also like a white kid. And um, I don't know, they do a lot of what Aziz Ansari did in his last stand-up special, where he just like pushed back against sort of woke culture. They do that here, but in a more um, good-natured way and mm-hmm. in a, in a, from a place that I don't know how to explain it, but well, like, it's like they, they, they understand like they, um, in that plot line, they, it's like, there's the film that is obviously, uh, uh, represents the, the history and the message that they'd like to send, but it's clearly like a rich white kid, um, right. versus <laughs> like the, uh, and then there's the other thing. Um, there's the, the, one of the other characters who they know, uh, uh, Bobby Yang, played by Jesse Lay, he makes a thing that is like so empty, like it's it's uh, his like short film is like just empty platitudes and and phrases and nonsense that like sounds kind of like vaguely patriotic and like inspiring. It, it's like it's like a it's like if you made a short film of nothing but inspirational posters, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, and and he's and he kind of makes the argument of like you have to go you have to vote for me because I made something that doesn't offend anybody <laughs> right um, even though it doesn't say anything and so right. they're kind of satirizing you know that um that conflict i guess 
Or my favorite line was when they were uh, talking about the white kid and they were like, you know, um, I, I, I forget, I, I don't remember. They were like, he, his, is he like a bad guy? Or, and then they're like, no, he's a ruffalo. He's like a white, <laughs> an adorable white ally. <laughs> but I believe he ends up getting, and this is a spoiler for the episode, but um, I, I think they end up not voting for him because there's like something in his like Instagram or something that like, right, Oh, yeah. he, he like wore dreads like, uh, Oh, oh no, he did the patios. Like he did the oh, that's what Sorry, patios. Yeah, that's what yeah. And they're like, Oh they're like, no, oh, we, no. Can't, <laughs> we can't vote for him. Um, my favorite episode was actually the, uh, episode four, which was the one that focuses on, uh, uh, Michael gray eyes, character. Um, is that the one with his daughter <clears throat> and the beads? Yeah. 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 Um, and it's the one where you see him as a kid too. Because uh, up to that oh, yeah, point, so, he had yeah. been he had been kind of. I mean, you know, I think you got up to that point that that there was more there than just him being the villain. But he was, you know, in the in the first couple episodes, he was a little bit more the the antagonist villain. Um, and then uh, that episode, which is centered around his upbringing and like why he. Uh, essentially why he's so ruthless as a, as a businessman. And it's, uh, I don't know, it was a cool episode and kind of like timed at the right place in the season. Um, so at that point you're like, oh, okay, I understand everybody now. Yeah. That's it. it I mean, it's not as funny as I guess other show shows, but I think it's, mm-hmm. it, it, it's got the heart and the message I think is clearer than, most hmm. yeah i think so a, and i think if you have really peacock good. you should check it out yes oh peacock <laughs> i know <laughs> uh i do wonder what's going to happen after my year of peacock expires yeah. because i don't know <laughs> yeah. i don't know yet like there are shows i think it's it's it might become sorry this is an aside a little bit but i feel like there are some shows that i would resubscribe for, but it might be one of those things where like I'll subscribe for a month just to watch that show and then leave again. <laughs> what yeah. I don't understand about Peacock is why like Paramount, they have live CBS. If Peacock put live NBC on it, it would be so much more valuable. Cause then yeah. you could like, you could watch the football or you could watch the award show or whatever local news or whatever. Huh. Right. But there's nothing like you can't even watch Saturday Night Live live on it. You have to wait and watch it the next morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they renew Rutherford Falls, like, do we know if this is a one season or if they want to do more? It's definitely it's definitely built to have another season. I mean, okay. they reach they reach an okay ending, like, but but it's not it's not a series finale. Okay. But like, so if they renewed it, would that be enough to keep you subscribing? Uh, I would definitely, if I was not subscribed, I would definitely come back for it. Put it okay. For that month, yeah, um, I'd come back for that month. Because, like, but, like, Peacock had, like, all the shows on Peacock that I watched so far are things that I would come back for, but it's, like, Rutherford Falls. Uh, Punky Brewster. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not sampled Punky Brewster yet, so I can't say. Uh, AP Bio, I would come back for. Um uh, what's the... Oh, Dustin, you need, you need Punky Brewster. I forgot that you love that show. Um, and uh, what was the other one? 
There was at least one more. I don't remember. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, those two at least. <laughs> but, oh, and then, like, if they do another psych movie, I'll come back and watch that. But, yeah, yeah. But it's, but it is weird that, um, yeah, there's still no, like, killer show. And, I mean, the reason why I use it right now is mostly because I bought a year. Um, yeah. A year ago. 25 so. bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they bought themselves some time with that rollout strategy. Because, mm-hmm. like, five bucks for a year is a great deal. Wait, it wasn't five bucks, was it? No, 25 bucks. Oh, 25, 25 bucks. Well, yeah. still. I mean, still, still that's really, yeah. It's also why I have Paramount Plus for a year, even though I barely use it so far. Paramount Plus has been a major disappointment, except for the whole thing that you can, like, if you want to watch a football game mm. on CBS, you can use Paramount Plus. Right. Oh, Resident Alien, is that the other one that you watch? No, it's it, on, no. that's on Sci-Fi. Oh, but it also re-airs on Peacock. Oh, it does? Yes. Oh. All right. Well, that see that would be an argument away from Spectrum. Uh, I'll never give you up Spectrum. <laughs> how would you get Do all it. those originals? Exactly. Uh, how would I see? Oh wait, no, that's a uh, oh, shoot. <laughs> ah, I had a I had a I had a thing, but I don't think it works because it's uh, we're going into Shadow and Bone next. If we were talking about Cruel Summer next. I had a we great segue. Talk, you can talk but, about Cruel Summer next. We don't have to follow the agenda strictly. We can mix it up. Uh, all right. Well, I've already ruined the segue anyway. No, but, no. Um, I don't don't waste it. <laughs> give right. it to us. Uh, if I... What was I talking about? Okay, so Spectrum. I'll never give up on Spectrum. I love cable. And uh, one reason why is because you can get quality shows like Freeform's Cruel Summer. Oh, huh. That was it. Which you can that also was the segue. I had a Hulu. better one, but I forgot it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, the, this is the problem. Cruel Summer premieres the next day on Hulu. Oh, right. well, I have Hulu, so I could watch it on Hulu. Exactly. Oh. I have, I've been without cable for, I think, three months now, and the only thing that I missed uh, was uh, the Oscars. And having to watch the commercials on the CW app. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you have to watch a lot. Truly of painful. Yeah. All right, Dustin. What? Please uh, let us know what Cruel Summer is about. Cruel Summer I, comes I from Burt Royal, who was who who wrote uh, the wonderful uh, Easy A. That movie. The Amazon yeah. movie. Uh, oh, okay. I watched it. Yeah. I watched it like two weeks ago. That's a great movie. So good. Yes, so good. Uh, but it's not anything like that. Uh, it's set in. It's I think it, the conceit is very cool, I think. Uh, it's set in ni- uh, over three days in 1993, 1994, and 1995. So you see in 1993, June 21st, uh, these two people, that are like, they're like 16, and uh, one of them is kind of a nerdy girl who wants to be popular, and she like loves her family. And then uh, the next scene is her in 1994 on the same day, and like she's hanging, she's suddenly like a very popular sort of mean girl hanging out with like the cool uh, jock who's like her boyfriend. And then the next scene is her in 1995 on the same day and she's like a goth woman who's like um, meeting with a lawyers. And over the course of this we sort of find out 
you know, the outline of what's going on, which is that um, another woman was kidnapped by the assistant uh, principal in 1994, and it, like, scars the town, and we find out how this nerdy girl is involved, and she, like, stole her life, and that's why she became, like, the popular girl. And then in 1995, there's, like, a lawsuit and stuff going on about the kidnapped girl. It's, like... It's, it's interesting because it, it creates the outline and then it sort of fills in the blanks over the course of the series. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of mysteries within, and you're like dying to find out because you'll like see 1993 and then you'll see 1995 and like certain characters aren't there anymore. So it's a little like This Is Us where you're like, oh, what happened to this, those people? Okay. So it's very compelling, very engaging. The characters are, I, I mean, I don't know. I, they're really well drawn, even though there's only been two episodes. And I think each uh, episode will focus on a different character, so you'll get that character's perspective oh. of the events mm-hmm. on those three days in 1993, 1994, 1995. And one of the characters is played by Harley Quinn Smith, who's Kevin Smith's daughter. Don't oh. hold that against it. She's like, <laughs> she's like the side character best friend. Yeah. So, but it's also still, I mean, is it sort of pulpy teenage drama in addition yes. to... I so, haven't seen Pretty Little Liars, but I think it's sort of in that, more along the lines of that. Yeah. And I think it's it feels more adult than that. Yeah. From what I understand. I don't know. I'm pretty sure Pretty Little Liars is kind of adult. I'm like, okay, I half of them like were probably of sleeping with teachers or something. I don't <laughs> okay, know. Okay, fair. Yes. Um, seems kind of adult. <laughs> Uh, no, but that's, I mean, it seems like they're mixing a lot of influences, like you said. Um, and I'm impressed that it's, it, the combination is working as well as it is. It did so well. And I was really impressed that it doesn't like fall apart quickly, but they, it does work. I don't know. The the time thing just works really brilliantly. I think Mm. it took a lot of time to sort of structure this, but they did it well. That's awesome. That's cool. So it's worth. So you're still definitely. you're definitely gonna stick with it. Yes, and I will probably be recapping it on the site. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, I you know I don't know what ratings are anymore because nobody keeps up with it. So my ratings are like what is being searched for on Google. And last week that was like of all the shows that I watched, it was like higher than the Nevers, higher than Mayor of Easttown, higher than Fear the Walking Dead. <laughs> Like, Everything's higher than Fear the Walking Dead. Hey, that is absolutely not true. <laughs> wait, you mean, wait, sorry, you said Cruel Summer's numbers were bigger? Yes, like, oh, wow. as far as Google searches go. And oh, okay. that's sort of how I follow things now. Right. Well, so I think it is one of those shows that's probably going to create a lot of conversation, potentially. It feels very much, 13 Reasons Why, I don't know if either one of you saw that. No, but uh, I've, I always read your coverage. Yeah. Right. Well, it's it very similar in style to that, only it doesn't have all that problematic shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's lighthearted kidnapping, sort That's of. Right. Um, well, I'm curious now. Me too. Um, and it's definitely your kind of show. We'll say that. It is my kind of show? I think so, yeah. All right. Uh, I haven't watched Freeform in quite some time, but you know, it's not. Uh, I'm not. On Hulu. 
I'm not opposed to it. Oh, yeah, putting it on Hulu makes it, I don't know. I, I have I have cable. I can just I can just DV. I could watch it night of. of. <laughs> I could be a day ahead of you, Dustin, uh, <laughs> if I wanted. Uh, Why isn't it my kind of show? <laughs> I, I, I just know what Dan Dan likes. Sort of uh, I, Dan likes a lot of the stuff that I really like. <laughs> and I don't. Well, no. sometimes, but there's no like. Cartoons. I goddamn it! Don't don't <laughs> diminish. Don't. Tori's Tori's next show is not a cartoon. Well, that's right. And, and then there's no fantasy it's, either. It's also uh, it's also not about ballet, is what I've learned. Shockingly, that Shockingly. ballet show was pretty good, Dan. I didn't watch it. I didn't I just watch know it either. That, I just know really that it intense. was a ballet show. Um, Why did you watch the ballet show, Dustin? Oh yeah, it was yeah. really intense and like. It was really good. Uh, I've never had stars, which is why I did not watch Flesh and, Bl- Flesh and Bone, which is not the show we're talking about today. We're no. talking about Shadow and Bone, <laughs> uh, which is on Netflix. Netflix. Right? Okay. Yeah. And so, uh, Tori's yeah. here to let us know. We kind of figured we should just talk about it this week, because by next week, I'm not sure if anyone will be talking about it anymore, because that's, right. that's the Netflix thing now. <laughs> Uh, you, you just binge it, and now I think we've gotten spoiled by nobody else doing that. Right. Um, so, anyway, uh, Shadow and Bone is based on a series of fantasy novels. They're kind of young adult, but not strictly, um, I guess. I don't know. I, I think they're just more straight fantasy novels. Um, uh, but what's interesting about the show is that it combines, uh, they kind of, there are two, this, the author, Lee Bardugo, made two different series that are in a shared universe. Um, so there's the Shadow and Bone trilogy, and then there's a duology of books. Uh, I think the first one's called Six of Crows. Um, and so they have, it's a shared universe, but different characters and different set at like slightly different time. Um, the series is combining all of them. So it kind of gives you a... a it kind of creates an interesting challenge because pe- fans of the of the books have pro- have probably read them all, um, and so are going to be very quick to to notice the changes. And if you're interested, there are tons of articles that already unpack a lot of the changes uh, for the whole. It's like eight episodes. A lot of the things that have been changed to kind of adapt it into this format, what worked, what didn't work, things like that. Um, but I think I'm more interested in just the the challenge that they faced. Uh, because they had to, you know, when you're kind of <laughs> melding two distinct narratives into one, you're 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 losing time to develop either one. Um, so they kind of uh, they had to speed some things up. Uh, so there's a certain amount of character development or mythology development that doesn't happen as richly as in the books but on the other hand I think it works really well because all of the the larger cast of characters gives you insight into a larger portion of the world um because the each each set of novels were very one is is about a a girl who discovers that she's got this uh incredible magical power um 
and she might be able to save the world from this like evil magician. Uh, but the other set of books is a heist. It's a straight up like group of, group of criminals, and and so by by putting them together, um, you get that you get some of the you get you get some of the politics, different kingdoms that are at war, and the the kind of. Um, prejudices and and enmities that happen between you know countries and and groups of people um but you you get a you get a better a more even-handed view of all of it because you have characters who have a lot of different um kind of ins into that story rather than just this girl who was a soldier who now has the power to like change the political landscape versus a bunch of criminals in this underworld that are, you know, trafficking in the back alleys of this world. Um, so by kind of forcing the storylines together, you're, you're getting all of it at the same time. So I think that okay. some of the, I think that the world building you get by, by the way they've structured the show this way um, is more than worth the sacrifice of some of the particular details that I think, you know, readers might miss. Um, cause there's a, there's a certain amount of like the way magic is, is structured, the, the types of powers that people have, um, goes by really quickly in the show. Um, so there's some nuance that, that is missing. Um, but I mean, it's fun. Ben Barnes is really hot. He's the evil <laughs> magician. Um, that's one of the few things that I do know about the show is that, yeah. People seem to find Ben Barnes hot. He's very. He hugged me one time. He is very hot. <laughs> um, that is all I will say. Um, but yeah, so I think I, I enjoyed the. There's a great. There's a goat. Is <laughs> one of the additions to the to the narrative is a, a character who befriends a goat, and the goat ends up playing a key, a uh, couple of pivotal moments in the narrative revolve around the goat. So, uh, mm-hmm. if you like cute animals, maybe give the show a shot. So I am not typically a fantasy person, but I did like Game of Thrones. I do like Witcher, but I don't like his dark materials. Where does this fall? Uh, huh. I want to say it's going to be more on the Witcher side. It's, it's more lighthearted. So there, it's it's more fun. It might right, be a little bit his dark materialsy, but I don't think it's as messy as that. Um, okay. I think that, and I think that's the other thing that helps is that like by including the the heist um, characters yeah, into heist it, it gives the show a bit more balance. And so basically, those characters, um, they the the characters are the same, but they they rewrote the story (laughs) to give them an excuse to be a part of the larger, the shadow and bone story. So it's literally like, whereas in their book, they have their own sort of heist in the show. They are, they're hired to kidnap the main character. And so you're getting, it's like they, they made up an excuse to have like all of the characters across both series of novels kind of like come together. Um, and so it, it makes it a lot of fun. It also means, like, if you know the books, you're not necessarily going to know everything that happens. Um, Is this one of those things that's going to run for, like, years? I definitely, I think it's going to get renewed. I think it has to. It's not a, it's not a satisfying 
I mean, they don't, they do not cover the material of the books in the first season, and it definitely ends on the sort of cliffhanger, like, that they're expecting to continue. Okay. Um, and I hope they do, because I, I, you know, I think it's, I think it's a lot of fun. Um, it also is, a, you know, for the young adult, like, you know, you're expecting the romance stuff, and the show cleans up the romantic elements um, that were really kind of annoying in the books. <laughs> like, the main love interest was kind of, a fuck boy. Um, <laughs> and, and Ben Barnes is the other one. And like, they, they make him like, he's evil, but they kind of give him a little bit more depth. Um, and, and they make the main love interest, like, because again, they're stream, they had to streamline that main storyline to fit in all of these other storylines. Right. Um, so they took out a lot of the like, you know, where sometimes books kind of drag on and they throw in complications, just just drag things on. <laughs> they got rid <laughs> of a lot of the like characters being assholes for no reason. <laughs> so it's like the main love interest. I'm like, I actually really like you. Like you didn't annoy me at once this entire season. <laughs> okay. Like I support you. So, yeah. It sounds um, like the the changes they made were mostly, like, positive. Mostly positive. I think, like I said, I think there are some things that you know fans of the books might miss. Right. Um, and there's some stuff they, they. And this is where I think it gets a little interesting. They they made a really conscious effort to make the show more diverse than the mm-hmm. novels necessarily were, and with the author's blessing, like she's an executive producer, like she helped adapt all of it. Okay. Um, so she was involved, but some of it comes across as a little more shallow, um, because they don't have the time and it's not based on, they're, they're shoehorning some stuff in. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's the kind of thing where like, you know, I appreciate it. They, they cast, um, the main character who was white in the books, Alina, they made her half Asian and wrote that as sort of part of this, the war that's happening with the country, there are a lot, there's a lot of just prejudice and racism going on. And so her, her country, she was an orphan in, um, is mad at, they call them the shoes. Um, and so even before they find out that she's got this magical power, like people are just like saying mean things to her about the shape of her eye and eyes and stuff like that. And like making her go to the back of the food line and things like that. And it's, some of it comes across as just very surface level um, othering. Okay. And it's like she was already going to be othered by when, as soon as she gets her powers and all this other stuff. And it's not a problem, but it's like I'm glad the show wanted to kind of develop the world and, and have a more more diversity. But it feels like they kind of didn't have time to go to fully develop some of those ideas. So some of the execution ends up being a little, especially in the first few episodes, uh, it, it's just a little shallow. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that they're doing it. And as the show goes on, I think the themes continue to develop because it's, you get to know the world better. But yeah, in the first few episodes, you're just kind of like, <laughs> you don't know enough about the world to quite understand why. Um who's fighting whom and who's angry at whom and why any of this is happening. Right. And there's some, there's some good twists. I will try it. 
you might like it. I'd be interested to see what you think, Dustin. I like YA stuff in general, so we'll see. Oh, then yeah, you'll love this. <laughs> Hot evil magician guy. Yeah, You're gonna uh, love oh, it. Wait, but I, but I didn't like that. What it was that the the one on sci-fi about the witches. Oh, the magicians. Yeah, I didn't care for that one. Though. Did you read the books? Although, no, no, no. I, I didn't like the first season, and then I stopped watching it, and I heard it got much better after that. Oh, it got so much better yeah, after yeah. the first so, season. But I also yeah. I loved the books. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't read fantasy books because. You would like so the but you'd like the books because they're Harry Potter meets Brett Easton Ellis. Oh, oh, <laughs> damn, Tori, it hit me right there. <laughs> it literally like the books are kind of interesting because that's all it is. It's like so it's literally just Lev Grossman just kind of was like, what if I, what if I just, huh. yeah, hmm. less than zero <laughs> to Harry Potter. <laughs> That does sound very intriguing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, it, the show is a bit more. I, the show, I think, is is as it went on, got smarter. But I ha- I have this like deep well of affection for the books for being just as like the experiment that the books were. I appreciated. I think the show took that experiment to a different level and became its own thing and was a very smart thing. Um. But, yeah, I do. I still kind of enjoy the books for being exactly what they are. Yeah, I might give those a shot. Uh, you have to be you have to be prepared to hate the main character. No, I'm all right. With yeah, that. right. I mean, that's Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Like the show, they had to kind of like make him a bit more sympathetic. The books, it's like, you're awful. <laughs> like You just suck the whole time. You're just like the worst. <laughs> oh. All right, I guess we got to talk about it. Oh God! Oh. <laughs> what a what a ringing endorsement. Um, it, I don't was, know. Uh, it was fine. It, it was, was the fine. last episode of uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which uh, by the end of the episode was called Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Oh, so. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't pick that up. It's Wait, what? So you don't read all the credits, Dustin? So you don't look at the, the title card at the end no. of the show? Did you no, watch no. the the mid-credit sequence? Uh, oh, yeah. It had uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus, right? No. And then she's... Yeah. No. No, no. Oh, Sharon Carter came back and was, like, pardoned, and then she's yes. going to be a bad person yes. on the inside. Yeah. That was pretty interesting, I guess. Well, okay, so she was the power broker. Yes. Yep. Which made sense, I guess. Yeah, I'd rather, uh, honestly, I'd rather uh, the flag smasher have survived than her, but I'm fine. Yeah. Although, yeah, I mean, the problem with the flag smasher girl was, like, again, this the finale just kind of end like, because it needed to have the big battle, like the big last episode of a Marvel series battle, um, they had to make her just kind of go, well, I guess yeah. I'm going to kill hostages now. <laughs> it's just like every step of the way they had like what the ideology that made her interesting and then the what? things they needed her to do to be a villain. And it's like none of them meshed. <laughs> no, they didn't. Yeah, they didn't do a good job. Like it, I was hoping for more of like uh, the Michael B. Jordan character in Black Panther, but it mm-hmm. didn't. Right. Um, also, Did- 
was it my TV or was it just like really fucking dark? That whole action sequence. Yeah, because it was all at night. Hour. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. I uh, had no idea what was going on. I was okay with it, but maybe my TV is too light. I don't know. Um, did we talk about the uh, the theories that are the fairly compelling theories about like what might have been lifted out from that storyline, uh, the Flag Smasher storyline specifically? I don't think so. I don't remember if we did, um, but the uh, Brian touches on it in his uh, recaps on Pajiba, which you should read if you haven't. Um, but there, there have been a lot of people who have kind of dug into it, and they're um, this is all you know unconfirmed, but there's fairly compelling. Uh, at least circumstantial evidence that the uh, that the the flag smasher storyline was the most affected by the pandemic. Um, the oh. the short version being that like you know it doesn't entirely make oh, yeah. sense because like you know it, it's it's kind of choppy and we never fully get their motivations. Um, and if you look at the way that they're like their first thing is they're stealing vaccines and then it kind of never gets talked about again. Um, yeah. The other thing being that the uh, the woman who played. Uh, the the woman who dies in like the camp that they're trying to save, um, right? The old is, woman, yeah, yeah. But that that actress is the is the woman who played. Um, I'm forgetting the character's name, but the the pilot in uh, in uh, Perry Mason. Oh yeah, and so it's like it's like she's a big actress. She's not an extra, so clearly she had some kind of storyline that probably got cut, um, and the the prevailing theory is that there was probably some story about some kind of virus whether a weapon or you know or not or if it was just like a like a natural pandemic but like the idea being that they didn't you know for good reasons didn't want to do that storyline uh, uh after a pandemic so yeah yeah, um, yeah. so and it, it's too bad because that you know that storyline ends up that's how we end up in a place where we get them as you know kind of generic bad guys but they don't get to be anything beyond that right um yeah, and you don't really get the, you can, under, we're getting a bit of insight into mm-hmm. sort of the geopolitical right. landscape, you know, post, but you're not, even though we get to see a couple of their kind of encampments or whatever, yeah, we're not really getting a full insight where it's like, I know that life is hard for them and right. the resettlement is moving them around and stuff like that, but we're, there's still not enough detail on like, you know, what would compel, you know, people to take right. super and, soldier and, serum and go and, out and, and, and what did they want ultimately? Yeah, and, like, I mean, other, other, other than like, other than kind of like, you know, One keep world. the, yeah. Um, yeah. But, I think that makes sense. I think that, yeah. Yeah. But um, it, there, there was, there was one other thing that, uh, I, I wanted to mention that was, um, I mean, we kind of talked about it pre-show a little bit but um not to bring in that conversation but or not to we don't talk pre-show it's all no. on the podcast don't worry about it live. um but the uh that there at least for me there's a sense and i wanted to, to see how you guys feel about it that the this is kind of the way a finale for a marvel show probably has to be where like because <laughs> it does have to end in a big fight. So you're going to have a big fight and then it has to move the chess pieces around for the next thing, for the next show, for the next movie, whatever it is. So, um, like, you know, I mean, I think I was still entertained overall, but also, um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough because they have to do 
they have to do those things. So it right. it has to serve that as well as trying to be a finale for the show in right. the way that the same thing happened with the WandaVision finale where it wasn't, you know, it ends up being a Marvel movie at the end, which of course it does. Um, and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a tricky thing for them, I think, is, is all I'm trying to get to. <laughs> I think it's going to be interesting to see, because I think you're right, and that will be something that we'll see in all of the Marvel series. Like, I'm curious what that will look like for Loki and, and, right. and Hawkeye and some of these other right. things. But I also think, for me at least, the difference between um, WandaVision and, and Falcon and Winter Soldier was that, like, while, yes, Wanda ultimate, WandaVision ultimately succumbed to having to do the Marvel movie in its last hour, mm-hmm. it f- still... In some ways, it was bad because it felt like a departure from what the show was. But on the other hand, I felt like I had a firm grasp of the show's through line up until that point. Right. So it was like the show. And I I feel like that's what never quite gelled for me for Falcon and Winter Soldier because in some ways, it didn't have its own perspective. It always kind of was trying to be a Marvel movie. And mm-hmm. it, it, it really what made it so it was almost the inverse that happened where the, the moment, the episode of the show that stood out from the rest was, I think, the fifth episode, the one where it right. slows down and it's like Bucky and Sam working on the boat. Right. It becomes mostly a character drama. <laughs> a character. Uh, yeah. It feels like a TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and so, you know, and that was the I that was the one episode that worked the so well for me so it's it's kind of funny like yeah this this kind of culminated in the big fight and moving the the chess pieces to set up for you know fourth captain america movie and all this other stuff but on the other hand like other than those final chess pieces every other episode of the show could arguably (laughs) have been that right except for episode five right so um this one maybe it just i don't yeah, so maybe that we're just going to continue to see that struggle of figuring out how to balance, like, you know, are you going to try and be a movie the whole time that just happens to be broken into chapters, or are you going to be a TV show that just ultimately has to kind of look like a movie at the last minute? <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say that, that um, the big speech at the end, mm-hmm. I watched it, and I was impressed with it, and then I, then I called my wife in, and uh, said she's not watching it and I was like you really only need to see the speech to understand basically the entire what what transpired over the entire course of the series and I it's really good for a Marvel movie not like right not a great speech overall but for Marvel yes right. it was like I thought it was like oh my god this is pretty cool for like a huge thing to make these sort of statements yeah right and I also like that they sort of they grounded the purpose of that because in some ways it's kind of proving why, you know, there's a weird thing where the entire show is trying to prove why Sam deserves to be Captain America, which as we've talked about is a little bit absurd because he like Steve Rogers already knew he, you know, there's, right. (laughs) It's kind of like, it feels like much ado about like, but I think that where it was valuable was, you know, especially after kind of the, the talk he has with Isaiah in episode five, and then that kind of prompting him to go his own way and try to prove something. And then when he gives that speech, one of the many reactions to it that you see is Isaiah watching it on TV. And so it's it's not even so much that 
he's convincing. It's the moment that we see Sam deserves mm-hmm. to be Captain America or that these other characters see him fully embodying what somebody would hope Captain America outside of kind of the patriotism of America, but like what that symbol could be like living up to Steve Rogers legacy or whatever um, and making his own legacy. But you also see Isaiah Bradley kind of being like, you know, that is a black superhero. Right. Like that is someone, you know, seeing the potential and the things that he, he thought were impossible. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought it was, it wasn't even like, the speech was well written enough, but it was also, I thought it was very smart that they made it, they directly tied it to like the impact it had on Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then also, the, oh. John Walker sort of being, oh, he's a good guy. <laughs> I was just going to bring that up. That was pretty abrupt. Um, the, the, yeah, one, the one, the the one benefit, uh, and I, I, I agree that, you know, maybe it didn't have to go that way, but, um, the benefit is that this does mean that we will get more Wyatt Russell in the MCU. Uh, yes. I'm which okay with that, that. That I am a fan of. Um, and just because he may have learned a little, I don't think he's learned that much. He'll still <laughs> probably be, continue to be a bit of an asshole. Um, yes. Who's also maybe best buds with uh, the Winter Soldier. No. <laughs> they were, they no. were just like they were a little joking chummy. around. It yeah. was yeah. yeah, it was uncomfortable. I was like, yeah. just because you decided to to save people for once, mm-hmm. like it doesn't mean you get to be chummy with all the Avengers. Like, come on, I don't know. Unless unless they play it in a way where like the next time we see him, he tries to be chummy with them, and they're just like, um, "Who are you? Who are you? A U.S. US agent, agent, guys." <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look, if they are going to set up sort of the Bizarro Avengers, I'm I'm the Thunderbolts. I'm into it mm-hmm. um, or whatever they're trying to do. I think that, you know, having some vaguely villainous superheroes popping up could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad he's not totally gone. But they also yeah, they didn't have to kind of give him that much of a redemption in the end. Right. I don't I don't mind him saving people like I feel like every character should have that moment of like you know the possibility of change or whatever it was more the reaction from from Sam and Bucky right (laughs) like nobody's gonna question is this more uh more dastardly not dastardly what's the word uh is this more heinous of a uh role reversal from from a uh heel to face uh than Jason Statham in the Fast and Furious movies, uh, which I know you I guys mean, have I clearly mean, seen. Oh no, no, I have. I've seen, but they did because that with all, everybody in those Fast and right, Furious right. Movies but Jason that. Statham murdered Han. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, and yeah. the fact that he's alive, it turns out, does not take away from the fact that he, he murdered right. Han. Was coming after all of them, and then one movie later, it's like, oh, he's on our side now. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's Jason Statham, so I understand it, but still. Right. Yeah, it's harder because it's more obviously bad <laughs> on Jason Statham's part, but on the other hand, um, be- because he killed a character that people love. Right. But on the other hand, uh, and John Walker just killed some rando um, right. that we had no emotional tie to. 
Um, <laughs> but on the other hand, John Walker is not Jason Statham. That's so, true. Yeah, it's a real tough one. <laughs> what if they'd cast Jason Statham as U.S. agent? <laughs> <laughs> I would I mean, be all about the redemption arc then. I'd be like, yo, he helped you out. <laughs> that should be Jason Statham and the Winter Soldier at the end credits. Uh, I would watch that show. I'm not going to lie. Um, yo, okay, practically speaking, and I know it happens in the comics, how the hell do you operate wings and drones and a shield? Mm-hmm. Feels like it's um, too much. He's very, uh, he's very skilled. He's very dexterous. Yeah. Um, how do the wings work? I don't actually know because I Falcon was not a character I paid attention to um, in the comics. Is that something that Robert, that Tony Stark made? I don't remember. Uh, probably. I mean, I, I. So much of it kind of got melded to fit with. I mean, Falcon pre-existed, but. A lot of where the comics are now has has kind of melded to fit with the MCU. So yeah, um, yeah. He's just good. He's good at his job. He's he knows how good. to do it. He's um, very good. I did think some of that fight, the battle, like when he's flying in the helicopter, and and some of the action worked because you're kind of seeing him having to balance all of these different things. I thought that right. was right, and you're getting to see kind of like the the combination of like how he can how all this stuff can work together right Um, yeah how he can yeah um and similarly you finally see because they kind of and i'm glad that that brian called it out in the recap because they've (laughs) they they definitely have been sort of nerfing um bucky all season to like yeah make it seem more challenging when the super soldiers are fighting him. And it's like, yeah, I get that you all have the same serum, but like, he's got a metal, he's got a Wakandan arm and like (laughs) literally 80 years or whatever of like just being an assassin. Like you, this, these fights should not be that hard. So I think like in the finale, when, even though it's just like him kind of punching some super soldiers, it was finally, it finally felt like a real fight. Right. Well, but speaking of Wakanda, that suit was not good. Hey, everyone hated it. I didn't mind it. I thought uh, it was I fine. Not, I thought I it was fine. It. it looked like, uh, what are those um, red, white, and blue um, uh, uh, icy pops that you get from the ice cream man? Oh. Yeah, like the rocket pops or whatever they I've are. I've never yeah. had that. Are those oh. good? Yeah. yeah. When okay. you're 12. <laughs> yeah. I don't we know. didn't really have like a... I mean, I guess we had ice cream trucks, but I don't know. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a big thing in my childhood. So we didn't have ice cream trucks. We didn't have neighborhoods. We definitely had <laughs> ice cream trucks. We had creamy we had, stands. Everybody got the rocket pops and those orange push ups. Oh, oh I do remember those. Those are so good. No, are those the ones that are they're like orange creamsicle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, amazing. Had some of those. No, all of our parents would just go and get the like twenty count of the the popsicles in the tubes. Oh, was like, Mr. Grape, yeah. Or or well, Otter Pops was one of the brands. There was Otter Pops, and then there was a different version. Yeah, but those. <laughs> I remember those too. Those were. I don't think they were good, but no. they were novel. They were great. They yeah. were not tasty, but they were great. <laughs> they were just flavored sugar water. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, it's a show that's done. <laughs> it's a show that's done. It's done. Um, <laughs> we don't have to talk about it ever again. Yeah. And we can look Until forward to it... Loki being amazing for like seven episodes and then sucking I'm... in the end. Don't know. What if it get, just gets better? I'm really looking forward to Loki. I'm really hopeful. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. This is just how these Marvel shows seem to work. I also feel like, so having like rewatching um, more of the MCU movies, I'm definitely, I feel like uh, Tom Hiddleston took a break and he was kind of, he didn't do as much for a while. Mm. Um, and now like the Loki show is going to be the big time he like comes back. And uh, it's going to be real make or break it for him. Because it's like, I feel like people got kind of sick of him when he was like doing the fake dating with Taylor Swift. And like that was oh, yeah, kind of, yeah. he just was like oversaturation. He wisely <laughs> stepped back. But now. Yeah, but that was like a Hiddleston versus Cumberbatch period too, right? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, weird times. Which wasn't, well, but it wasn't fair because so everyone loved Cumberbatch because of Sherlock. But like. They just loved him in that role. Like they somehow right. made Sherlock sexy. It's not that Cumberbatch on his own is particular, <laughs> particularly sexy. So then they <laughs> hire him to play Doctor Strange as Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> and right. It was like all a little bit weird. But so that was like people wanting him to be sexy. But that's not really what the the movies, the role was. Whereas mm-hmm. Hiddleston, I don't think anyone thought he was sexy. And then for some reason, Loki became a sex symbol. <laughs> Right. And and so did then, we know Hiddleston for Loki? I don't. I, don't I mean, not. I mean, he or... he was. He kind of. He did a bunch of British shows the same way. Yeah. Cumberbatch did. Like they used to do comedies, like sitcoms. It's really weird when you see Cumberbatch pop up in like a British sitcom. Oh, I bet. Oh, yeah. And you're like, what? He's got like <laughs> light brown hair, and you're like, Jesus, why? Like, what? It's are like you doing? how a lot of people have no idea. Like you know, Hugh Laurie was in comedy yeah like very famous for it (laughs) until before he was house before he was house exactly so um yeah so i'm anyway i'm kind of curious to see if if hiddleston's time away like we're we're ready for a loki sans or or if if, like the show is just going to be too much and everyone's going to be like no please like it's played out like we're just done all these marvel things they don't fail they'll figure it out well, we will we will definitely talk about it. Um, I'm certain for weeks on end. <laughs> for weeks on end. That's right. Um, so I have bad news. Oh no! Uh, we ran too I don't, long. I don't yep. think we can. I don't think we can play that game. Sorry, Matt Damon, you can't come on tonight. I, I, I swear, I have a game, and it's planned. I even wrote it out, but it's was it's it, my fault. It's my fault. It's was a it the thing. rabbit hole game? It was not the rabbit hole game. It was a different game. Um, that was your problem. It would be fun if we talked about what the game is not for 20 minutes instead of playing the game. <laughs> well, I can't. I can't. Uh, I can't <laughs> the game it, is, guess the game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also don't want to tell you the game because then you can prepare for it next week. So yeah, that's no, not going to no. happen. But, you assume um, we prepare. Cheats. It's, uh, but it, it's my what? fault. <laughs> Dustin cheats. Dustin cheats. But we will play a game very soon, probably next week. Uh, and uh, it's my fault. I, I I've overbooked myself um, because I'm dumb. But um, anyway, we'll be back next week. That's the show. Uh, have a good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody.